SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Lisa Burkhart Worley, and welcome to Pop Talk, the show where you never know what topics might pop up. What are your kids learning at school, even in their extracurricular activities? Today we're going to be speaking with a woman who may have some eye-opening news for you, and you might want to do something about it. Let me introduce Lydia Kaiser. She's a corporate communications specialist for Child Evangelism Fellowship, and she's going to share some shocking news about what is going on in our country's elementary schools. It's so great to have you on Pop Talk, Lydia. Child Evangelism Fellowship is a wonderful national organization. Can you first tell our audience what you guys do and share about some of the programs you offer? Thank you for having me, Lisa. I'm very excited to be able to share about this. So Child Evangelism Fellowship has been around for 85 years, actually. This is our 86th year. And uh, we have been sharing the gospel with children wherever they are. So instead of waiting for those kids to come into church, which is not a good strategy, especially these days, because they are not being brought to church, uh, we go out to where they are in neighborhoods, um, parks, and especially the public school, we can have after-school clubs with the kids. So we're an international organization, and so everything I tell you about today is being repeated in most countries of the world. In fact, pre-COVID, we were reaching over 25 million children a year, and this is in face-to-face -face ministries. This is not does not include um, radio or any kind of media or literature or anything. This is in face-to-face -face group clubs. And that is great that you're meeting them face-to-face. -face. I just read a book called The Analog Church about how everything has gone digital and it's really not a good thing necessarily because people want this one-on-one, -on -one, this face-to-face -face kind of contact, and I think that's what the children need. So I think that is a beautiful thing that you guys are doing that and reaching 25 million people, 25 million children, that is amazing. So I just applaud you guys for the work that you're doing. Um, so why did you personally feel a call to Child Evangelism Fellowship? Well, that's kind of a, a funny thing. Uh, when I was in college, some friends and I used to do a little Christian ministry where we went to a local juvie center and we tried to minister to the teenage girls who were locked up there. And, you know, we'd play cards with them and we'd try to talk to them about Jesus and show them the, you know, the Bible and try to lead them to Christ. I'll tell you what, it was such an eye-opening experience. And I'm going to date myself a little bit here, but this is back in the 80s. And even then, I was shocked at how far gone these teenagers were. And I was like, you know what? We need to reach children. We need to reach them younger. And even then, I didn't know the statistics we know now, like uh, George Barna Research has shown us that whatever someone believes by the time they're age 13 is most likely what they're going to believe till their dying day. Uh, so there's that one. And then another really interesting statistic is if you are at church sometime and you just survey the crowd there and, and you're talking to people who are committed believers who attend church or they're in ministry and you ask them, when did you come to Christ? When did you make this important life-changing decision? 
most of them, like at least 65% of them made it uh, by the time they're age 14. So we call this the four to 14 window of opportunity. And so this is the age that Child Evangelism Fellowship focuses on. And you know, I forgot to answer the second part of your last question about what programs we do. So if you don't mind, I'll tell you kind of what our three main ones are. Okay, so we have party clubs, which are like one-time events. So this is a very low commitment level. Uh, you can have a party club in your home or your backyard, or you can help do it at a school uh, or at a park. And it's uh, Christmas party clubs are the most popular, but then any other holiday or just season of the year, uh, CEF can come in. You, you, you invite the kids. And then we come in with the, the curriculum and we put on the party and reach those kids. And then uh, we also have five-day clubs, which meet during the summer. And for these, we have a month-long training for teenagers. We teach them how to evangelize kids and put on these clubs. So these teens are getting fantastic training. And then for the month of July, uh, they go from place to place all day long, five days a week, putting on these clubs and reaching thousands, hundreds of thousands of children, millions. And then um, our final program is the Good News Club, which uh, is most well-known. And that mostly meets after school in the school facilities. Um, last year in the United States, I think we were, we had around, well, not last year. Again, we're still recovering from COVID. Not all the schools are, are letting the clubs meet still. Uh, but pre-COVID, we had around 5,000 schools that were hosting these clubs and then another 1,000 or so in other locations. Well, those are amazing, and uh, it's great that you have so many different options for children. I know, personally, I was evangelized when I was 14. I did not grow up in the church, and I'm to this day, I'm so thankful that a friend of mine reached around in her chair in my high school freshman English class and asked me to pray a prayer to receive Jesus. And that's why I believe in what you guys. Yeah. And that is why I believe. And then they took me to church every week after that through high school. And so that was such a commitment for them. And I have always been so grateful for that, that bold act of faith that my friend did. And, and after that, you know, I taught Sunday school for like 10 years. And so because I believe what you're saying, uh, I was trying to catch those kids when they're in third and fourth grade, when they were starting to really think about things, because I knew those formative years were so critical. And that's what you guys are doing. Uh, you know, very few people come to know the Lord, even though we try. I mean, I'm sure there, there are a lot, but, you know, come to know the Lord as adults. But uh, you guys have had to fight to stay in the schools. Um, there have been a couple of court cases. Could you talk about that? Back in 2001, uh, we had a case that went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the background is that, uh, so a number of schools were not allowing us to hold clubs. They were saying, well, because you're religious, uh, you may not have a club here on school property. And um, this is a problem because our society in general has been getting the impression that we don't have freedom of religion. I mean, here it is um, enshrined in the First Amendment that the, the government may not prohibit the free exercise of religion anywhere. It's not like they can come and say, well, you, can't, you can do it here, you can't do it there. They may not ever prohibit the free exercise. So... Uh, this case went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the ruling was that if a school allows any club to do anything after school hours, they have to allow us the same access. So if, if fees are charged, we get charged the same fees, not more. 
Uh, if there's no fee, they can't charge us and not the others. We get the same access to, you know, classrooms and timeframes and, and everything like that. So this was a, a really great thing. And so we were able to, um, it, it was huge, a huge precedent to where we've been able to just bring that ruling to school after school after school and say, hey, you have to let us in. And then a couple years later, we had another really great precedent setting case. Um, and this one, well, the first one was Good News Club v. Um, Milford Central School District, if anyone wants to look it up. And an interesting thing in that case is that the court considered whether um, kids attending a club in a public school would give the impression somehow that the government was establishing a religion, because that's that's the big objection that you'll hear all the time. But they determined that there's a greater danger that kids will think that religion is not allowed in a public setting, then there is danger that they're going to think that the school is somehow establishing religion. So I thought that was just super interesting. Okay, so then a couple years later, we had another really groundbreaking case where a teacher wanted to volunteer in a good news club after school. And her school said, no, you may not. Um, she uh, protested. And so then they said, well, if you go do it in another school district, but you can't do it in the same school where you're teaching. And again, she was like, that is prohibiting my free exercise of religion and my ability to speak to kids about anything they want to talk to me about after school hours even. So um, she won that case. That, that one was uh, Sioux City School District versus Wiggs, uh, or it's Wiggs versus uh, Sioux City School District. So um, yeah, these cases are really important and a, a lot of people do not realize that th the liberties that we have. But, but here's the bad news, Lydia, as you know, the enemy of our souls always tries to counterfeit what Christians do. In this case, the satanic temple, they call it TST, it's probably they hide under that um, name, is offering Satan clubs in the school. Satan clubs are being offered in our elementary schools to counter what you're doing with the good news clubs. What is TST teaching in these Satan clubs? So what happened was when these people realized that they couldn't stop us from having clubs in the public school facilities, they're like, okay, well, we'll register this, we'll call it the satanic temple and we'll register as a church. And so now we're a church, we're a religious organization. And so we're going to come in and hold Satan clubs. And so truly it's a ploy. What they do is they say, they, you know, say you have to pass out permission slips or make them available the same as the good news club permission slips. And when the, the parents get wind that there's a Satan club coming to their school, they get upset. They go to the school board. They say, you have to stop this. What are you thinking? Letting this group in. And that is exactly what they want to have happen. They want to have um, us kicked out so that, or them kicked out so that we have to be kicked out and then nobody can have any club because if if they kick out any religious club, well, then they have to kick out the chess club or, or the, you know, whatever other clubs are meeting as well. And they don't care about that. They don't care that there's a lot of really good after-school clubs that kids need to be involved in they just want to see the religious clubs kicked out. And so they come in and they stir up all this trouble. And um, so then you were asking, did you ask what do they teach? 
Yes, I was asking, do you know what they teach in these clubs? Absolutely. Uh, so they will say, oh, we're not actually teaching Satanism. You don't have to worry about that. We're just teaching humanism. We're teaching how we all can feel good about ourselves and, and do all these wonderful things as humans. And well, let me tell you, humanism is also very bad. It is the worship of self, worship of man, which is idolatry. Secondly, when you're encouraging kids to attend something with Satan in it and saying, oh, this is innocuous, it's, it's neutral, it's not bad, you're breaking down inhibitions to where later on in life they'll think, oh, that was cool. I'll, I'll just go and get involved in this satanic thing. And before you know it, they are actually involved in the occult. Do parents have to sign a permission slip for these kids to be involved in Satan clubs? I mean, what what is the parents' role in all this? And you were talking about the school boards and things. Uh, how they, Have you had any trouble with school boards uh, eliminating all clubs? Oh, yes. Well, what they try to do is eliminate just the religious clubs. So... Yes, parents have to sign a permission slip no matter what kind of club a child attends. So they truly are the gatekeepers, not the school board. So it really doesn't do any good to go protest the school board and um, try to a a approach it that way. When um, only a handful of parents will sign a permission slip for their children to go to Satan Club. So the best strategy is to say, hey, go ahead, you know, call their bluff, start your Satan Club. Um, that's fine. You have as much right to be there as we do. But what happens is when everyone gets upset and they try to kick them out, some very negative things happen that we don't want to see happen. First of all, because they are allowed to be there legally, they can file a lawsuit, which they have. They have done this and they'll win. And then they get a pile of money to run around and create other mischief with that money, you know, like they'll put up some um, cradle with a little baby Satan in it, you know, in, in the Illinois State Capitol building or something like that, because there's a, a Christmas crush there, you know, so we don't want to give them free money. Um, secondly, we do not want to be part of the attempt to remove all religious expression from the public square. Um, you know, we are not afraid of the other side, just like Elijah invited all of the, um, the the prophets of Baal to come do their thing. Sure, do your thing. Let's have a contest. Bring it on, you know. And so uh, we, you know, imagine if you're if your listeners, let's say, are standing in the um, the Department of Motor Vehicles, you know, waiting to go get your car license, and you strike up a conversation with someone in the line. Do you want to not be free to speak of your faith because you're standing on government property? No, we, that's not the America that, that we have, and that's not the America that we want to encourage. But sadly, um, that's the thinking that a lot of people have, and so we need to counter that and say, sure, bring on your Satan Club. You're free to do that too, and um, just watch and see how quality wins out. You know, we're putting on a great club uh, that beats the other one hands down with both fun and truth. And the kids are just love it and keep coming. So that's that's where we win. 
Yeah, we can't erase the world. <laughs> you know, God makes it clear in the Bible that uh, you know, we're in the world, but not of it, right? And so, uh, you know, you you just have to uh, shine a light, and that's what will draw people to Jesus if we uh, are obedient to the Word and 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 live a life that's pleasing to God, and and people see that as attractive. I am curious about how many schools nationwide have these Satan clubs operating in them. Do you know that number? No, it's hard to know because, um, you know, if you go on their website, they'll say, check back here for a directory, but you keep checking back and there's no directory. The fact is they're just not well organized. Um, They like to make a big media splash when they come in and get on the news and, you know, talk about how they have the right to do this. and, and, And then they disappear and they don't support their own people. Their own people complain that, hey, you know, you made this big splash and then you're not supporting us. Um, so I, but then like when I was substitute teaching for a short time, um, I went into a local middle school and there was a sign saying there's a Satan club here yet. It wasn't on the national directory. So I really don't know how many it's hard to know. And I don't think that it's a lot. It's certainly not nearly as many as uh, good news clubs we have. So that's another good reason, you know, we don't want to drop the good news clubs in order to get the Satan clubs out when when we have so many more than they do. And, you know, the best offense or, or the best defense, as they say, is a good offense. So if you're concerned about this, especially if there is a Satan club in your child's school, they come home and say, oh, I saw, saw this sign. You know, the best thing to do is support activities like the Good News Club. Your listeners can volunteer with CEF. They can go to their local chapter and sign up, and um, they can even help start a new one. They can help their church to sponsor a club. And you know what happens is these kids get all excited about Jesus, and they say, Mom, Dad, take us to church. Well, where do you think those kids are going to go to church but to their Good News Club teacher's church? And we have parents coming to visit the clubs, but they're they're saying, "What is going on with my child? What you know, his, his or her life is just changing and for the better." And we want to see this, and so it is a fantastic community outreach, and it will bring um, children and their parents into a church that would have never darkened the door otherwise. So beautiful that you evangelize the child, they come to know Jesus, and that affects their parents. That is wonderful because, you know, they, they're asking him to go to church. So the parents take him to church, and that is just a beautiful uh, domino effect that happens uh, through your good news clubs. But, you know, this battle between the Satan clubs and the good news clubs, it sounds like a classic battle between good and evil. Mark sixteen fifteen says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. That is a command. So we've got to share the good news like what you're doing. But do you think you're always going to have to fight to keep the truth and the gospel message in the schools, Lydia? Absolutely. And it's a societal thing. And there is so much uh, intimidation. So, you know, I'd like to help your listeners feel more confident in facing that intimidation. Some of the most common questions that I get are kind of intimidating. And so I want to share those questions and and the answers I give for your listeners so that they can use them too. For example, um, a a media reporter will say, don't you guys tell kids that they're sinners and that just destroys their self-esteem and that's just so mean. 
you know, he's such a negative message of fear and hatred, <laughs> you know. So we can say that we actually teach children that God loves everyone and that they are each created in the image of God with intrinsic value. And, you know, sin is harmful and we don't want them to hurt themselves and others by committing sin. So, yes, we teach them the difference between good and evil and everyone needs to know that. And then also when they say, well, what about their self-esteem, you know? So I say, you know, we all know that we do wrong things. I do wrong things. You do wrong things. And then because we have a conscience, our conscience bothers us. So what do you do about that? So when you can tell a child, yes, that was a sin, that was wrong. But you know what? God will forgive you of your sins if you will confess them and he'll help you learn how to live in a better way. So that is really helpful for children. And so that usually stumps them, you know, especially when I say, well, I do wrong. And so do you. What do you do with that guilt feeling? You know, they're like, oh, I don't know how to answer this. So that's kind of fun. Um, but sometimes they'll also press on the whole hell thing. What about hell? You know, telling kids that they can go to hell. Um, you know, I say that hell, the worst thing about hell is eternal separation from God, that we can have a friendship with God right now in this life as well as eternally. And we don't want anyone to suffer from being separated from God. So it's a good thing to tell kids about how they can not be separated from God. So yeah, just a couple tips for your listeners there. Well, you know, the opposition is always louder than the Christian voice. Um, sometimes I think we need to be even louder than we are. But what can we do to teach our children that it is okay for God to be in the schools? They may be hearing the opposite. That's a great question because there's so many things that our kids can do, but they need a lot of frequent encouragement to know what they are and to be encouraged to, to be doing them because even kids need to be a light in this world. So we need to re be reminding them that they can carry their Bible at school. They can sit and read it in front of others as long as they're not supposed to be doing something else. You know, there's all kinds of, when you finish your homework and you're sitting there in study hall or, or someplace, or you're just waiting somewhere, pull out your Bible and read it. Other kids will ask questions. You're free to bow your head and pray. You're free to pray with others. You don't have to go hide behind a curtain or a wall or go someplace where people can't see you in order to pray. You can talk about your faith in any of the papers that you write. If you have an assignment, I remember this one little girl, especially she, um, the assignment was to dress up as a historical figure that you admire and give a report on that person. So she dressed up as Jesus and she went to do this report and the teacher said, oh, you can't do that. And her parents said, Oh, yes, you can. And so they went to bat for her and helped her to be able to hold strong. And so when we teach our kids from this age onward, forward, that they can talk about their faith, then they're more likely to do it as adults. But when our kids in the, in the schools these days from elementary, middle school, high school, get the idea that they can't, well, do you think they're going to talk about it in college? Do you think they're going to talk about it on the in their workplace or, you know, in, in a public building in the, as adults? No, we've got to teach them right now. 
And another thing I want to say, because some of your listeners might homeschool or have their kids in Christian school. So they might be thinking, oh, none of this applies to me. I'll tell you what, it does apply to you. I homeschooled my kids, but I made sure that my kids were always with me and involved in something that had to do with evangelism so that they would realize that we don't just circle the wagons and say, I'm just going to take care of me and my own. You know, we're going to make it to heaven, but, you know, to the hell with the rest of the world. (laughs) You know, we don't want to have that attitude. Our kids are going to be rubbing shoulders with those other kids when they get out of our homes, when they deal with them in the community. So taking them with you even to a public school, to a good news club, and saying, here's what you can do to be part of this club. You can sing enthusiastically. You can raise your hand, answer questions, participate in the games, show how much you enjoy this club, so that the other kids sometimes, especially the older they get, the more they're like, oh, is this too, you know, kiddish for me or whatever. So especially, um, or they can even take the training with you and volunteer. They can learn how to lead a child to Christ. They can learn how to lead a song or teach a Bible verse. So yes, get your kids involved right now. I know it's not getting easier. I I look at culture and I see that it just seems to be going downhill. Um, That's what I see anyway. If you had to look at culture today versus maybe 10 years ago, Lydia, how have you seen it change, especially concerning the topic we're discussing today? Is evil increasing? You know, I don't know if it's increasing. You know, if you look at the times of, of Noah, it was definitely evil then. Um, but for sure, it's it's bolder. It is in your face. I don't know how kids can survive this. We've got to be on top of it with them constantly because of how in your face the evil is. And so it's definitely bolder and uh, more intimidating and breaking down inhibitions. You know, the Bible says, don't even mention some of these really wicked things. Now it's just not only mentioned, it's shoved at you as if you must agree or else, you know, you're terrible. And so um, helping our kids to be strong is just really, really important. So we've got to be proactive, I think. Um, I I did notice that Child Evangelism Fellowship is doing media, kind of like what we're doing, both television and radio. Can you tell us about that outreach and where can we find all your shows? Uh, The best place, especially for content for children, is Unite TV. So it is Unite, U-N-I-T-E dot cefonline.com. Now, if you want to visit our website and learn all about our programs and find your local chapter, that is cefonline.com. But this platform for children, it has amazing content. It has um, animated videos, uh, Bible stories, just lots of different safe safe and free content at unite.cefonline.com. And the neat thing about a platform like that is that um, you can download content and kids can watch it, you know, like even if you're away from home um, and you don't have Wi-Fi and you don't have to worry about them wandering off on some other website. It's a, it's a self-contained platform that's safe and free. 
Love it. Love it that you're offering that. I know my kids watched VeggieTales a lot when they were little, so I'm so glad that you're offering this programming as well. We're just we're just so glad that you came on Pop Talk today, Lydia Kaiser, uh, to show us what's going on in our schools. We've got to be aware. My kids are long gone, but I know there are a lot of people who are listening to the show today that may have children in elementary schools, and they need to know about it. So uh, if you want to know more about Child Evangelism Fellowship and you would like to support what they're doing, again, you can go to their website at cefonline.com. And we hope you'll reach out to us here at Pearls of Promise Ministries, a ministry that helps women overcome past dysfunction. But we also have a heart to get the gospel message out. As I said, I was a child that was evangelized, and I am thankful to this day for a friend who shared that gospel message with me. It changed my life. And if you need prayer or would like to be a sponsor on Pop Talk Radio or television, you can email us at info at pearlsofpromiseministries.com. We're on social media. Please like us on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pop Talk Media. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Pop underscore ministries and we'd love for you to check out all of our past pop talk television shows on our youtube channel just search for pearls of promise ministries that is pop talk for today have a great week Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soul Win women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.